Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. On the guest line for the first time today, she covers baseball for Yahoo Sports, Apple TV Plus. It is Hannah Kaiser. Hannah, it's Andrew in New York. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Um, So let me begin. It was your question last week that got Rob Manfred to say that he rejects the notion that minor league players are not paid a living wage. I'm not surprised he's defending his bosses, defending baseball, but why is he so bad at picking the absolute wrong words and examples to defend their position? (laughs) Um, Well, that would require me to psychologize around <laughs> what Rob Manfred is like. Honestly, I think the, why is he so bad is because he doesn't like to, uh, well, even though he rejected the premise, he doesn't like to evade a question entirely and like to, like to prove that he can uh, win this fight. So I think that's why he tries to engage with these things and, and often embarrasses himself in the process. Um, this was a, uh, this, so, this is an interesting one because the minor league issue has been something that, that the commissioner's office has been particularly touchy about for a really long time. Um, and some of that is like a little bit well-deserved. They feel like they are in the midst of a long process of trying to make everything, as they called it at one point, one baseball and bring the minor leagues under the major league umbrella and have more control. And, and they have a lot of, big plans for how it's going to pan out, but they are of all the things that they sort of get criticized for just probably the most valid. I mean, there's sort of virtually no reason for someone, for anyone in this industry to be not paid enough to keep themselves and potentially even a family afloat. Right. Um, and, and I just think that that's that the touchiness they have around it is indicative of something. And I don't exactly know what it is. I mean, the, the question that I asked him, and this sort of frustrated me in the exchange, was, you know, he honed in on, well, I think they are making a living wage. And I responded, I said, well, do you reject the notion that there are significant efforts being made to get them paid more? Like that is sort of regardless of whether or not Rob Manfred himself or Rob Manfred on behalf of the 30 owners is fine with how much they're paying the minor leaguers. A lot of people are not. And those people are not just minor leaguers. I mean, there's been a rise of advocacy groups and, and uh, of former players and current players, but they're also sort of taken legal action that's landed on their side. They, they just want to, they just settled a big class action 
um, about like wage laws and overtime. And now there's this sort of Senate Judiciary Committee investigation into MLB's antitrust exemption and how that affects the minor leagues. So whether or not I'm asking Rob about it or not, it is something they are going to have to answer for like pretty soon in a very public forum about sort of what is the justification for uh, paying these guys so little. Right, and it's not even, it's not just like an opinion thing. Like most of these guys make, I think it was it's less than 1400 bucks over the five-month season or 14000 I mean, it's, it's, it's not a lot. And it's like provable through math that it's not a quote-unquote living way. Like it's, it's not a thing he actually can dismiss. He can sell me on that they're, you know, providing more housing and stuff like that. Now they can pick and choose what they're proud of and and jam it down our throat. But to fight back something that's like provably correct, it just it's just so annoying as a baseball fan that he continues to make the game look bad in such in situations like this. And it's not good for the game that these right. guys are paid. Like it is, it's minor league baseball. First of all, minor league baseball serves a lot of purposes and one of which is just it brings baseball to towns that don't have major league baseball teams like these are in fact professional baseball games that people go to and people enjoy and it's i mean there are a lot more minor league teams than there are major league teams so people someone is going to these games and they're enjoying these guys and they are you know if you if you were playing against them in a beer league league you wouldn't really be able to tell the difference between <laughs> like a triple a guy and a major league guy. like they're really good at baseball that's i think that is you know one of the the points that gets lost in all of this is that like you know when you watch baseball you think the worst guy on my team oh my god he sucks at baseball and the guys in the minors are even worse than him but like those guys were the best at baseball everywhere they went yeah. so they're pretty good at baseball it's good it's, it's pretty good baseball but beyond that you know it's bad for baseball that they that they're only paid in season and they don't make enough in season to support themselves probably even in season, but certainly not for the entire year. And, and MLB can sort of argue, well, it's an apprenticeship and all that. But that's like willfully disingenuous at this point because no one involved in the modern game thinks that these guys are just like chilling in the off season. Like that's not, you know what I mean? Like we, and anyone who's paying attention to baseball at a major league level understands so much of basically every improvement they're making is at some, you know, fancy specialized laboratory, like driveline in the off season. Like there's a lot of work that goes into being a good baseball player, a successful baseball player that happens in the off season, a lot of training, a lot of, (laughs) a lot of going somewhere highly specialized. And if you want the guys who are not at the major league level to get to that level, you do have to allow them to sort of dedicate themselves truly professionally playing Major League Baseball. This is Hannah Kaiser, Yahoo Sports, with us this morning on Rider Than You here on CBS Sports Radio. Now we get to yesterday's non-agreement for an international draft that leaves the qualifying offer system still in play. It's a big deal for baseball, for future players, for current players. But we've also seen these two sides, the league and the union, kind of recreate deadlines. So is this is this done, done for now, done forever? Where does this actual debate stand, Hannah? Well, this finalizes this is this this is a real deadline the deadline has passed they are not they did not extend the deadline and so now those cba negotiations from the off season that everybody remembers so not fondly they're officially done we actually haven't like gotten a full text of the collective bargaining agreement yet because of this outstanding qualifying issue qualifying offer issue and international draft issue so now all of that is complete this was like the last deadline 
for that. But these particular issues are not going away. The qualifying offer, they can't really, I don't think, do anything about until the next CBA negotiation. It'll be on us sooner than you think, though. The international draft issue is one that is more rolling. I mean, the draft itself, they, they're not going to do that now. MLB has been trying to get it. The league has been trying to get it for a long time. I'm sure they will bring it up again in the next CBA negotiation. But the issue of sort of how international amateurs enter the sport, that's an ongoing issue. And sort of whether or not MLB as, a, as an institution can or should do more to crack down on corruption, whether or not, like, they should – there's something that they can do that involves working with the union to – get some sort of overseeing committee in place. Like they're going to continue, I think, to talk about that. And, and that's going to be an issue between now and then. Um, but it's not going to get solved with a draft for at least another five years. All right. Now some actual baseball. Does Juan Soto get <laughs> traded by the deadline or in the off season in your mind? I think the off season. I think the off season. I think that there's been a lot of talk about how sort of, you know, you, it's, Juan Soto's value at such a young age, um, at such a, as such a productive player, and especially at two and a half years left of team control, is almost incalculable. And I think that that's actually almost working against them. I think the the Nationals reportedly are sort of they're just entertaining offers. They're trying that they're not getting involved in any back and forth with any one team. They're just sort of you know make us an offer. We'll see if we like it. And I don't think they're going to necessarily get anything good enough. I think I almost think that Juan Soto at two and a half years, and as everyone points out, sort of three postseason runs, that's almost too good. You can't make the Nationals right. an offer that makes that worth it to them. I could be wrong. I, I, as time goes on and as it starts to, you know, you start to see people, other smart people in the industry float potential deals, I get a little bit more convinced that, that he'll get moved at the deadline. But I think there's a lot of factors sort of working against that. One is just they kind of made this decision, not last minute, last minute, but he hasn't been on the market all that long. The team is getting sold. Um, you could argue that that's a reason to trade him. So they don't, the new owners don't have to be the ones to trade him. But I also think that's a reason for um, the learners who are on the team now and Mike Rizzo, the general manager, that's a reason for them to sort of have really high standards. You know, they, they can afford to sit back, let people come to them, and if they don't like any of the offers, they don't have to take them, and then it becomes somebody else's problem, at least for the learners. Um, so that's, those are the reasons I think he might... I'm leaning ever so slightly towards he gets moved in the offseason. When one of kind of the rumor roundups I was reading yesterday, there was a reference to, you know, some of his numbers are down this year, especially on defense, and it was attributed to him kind of being in a bad mood because of all this going on, and that they'll they'll go back to normal if he gets traded and he's in a new situation and it glossed over that a little too much from my mind. Like not that I'm, I wouldn't trade everything for Juan Soto, but it made me go, huh? Things haven't gone well for the, you know, for a little bit here in Washington and he's pouting and it's not a big deal. Like what if I trade for him and things happen? Is he going to be pouty around my organization? Is there, is there any pushback on, on stuff like that with Soto that you've heard? I thought that was a, that was a, a strange accusation. That's a bold accusation to make unless you know it for sure. So I'm not going to sort of comment specifically on that because I don't know his mindset. I saw him at All-Star. He did, in fact, seem a little disappointed. He seemed genuinely um, hurt at how the negotiations with the team got leaked right before All-Star. So I understand that. 
I, I mean, whether or not he's cranky or, or sort of pouting, to me, feels a little bit different than whether or not the team itself has sort of like anything to play for. And that is tough. Like, they're a really bad team yeah. this year. And I think that might, that's, I mean, you know, that's something that I don't think any team that would go out and get Juan Soto is planning on being the worst team in baseball <laughs> at any point in the next couple of years. So I think we don't need to worry about that one too much. <laughs> All right, last one, and this might be the most important question I'm going to ask you this morning. I click on your name at Yahoo Sports to just see your bio. Is there anything interesting there that I wanted to bring up? And the one of the last lines is, hot dogs are, she thinks, dot, 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 hot dogs are an embarrassment to the game of baseball. I don't like hot I mean, dogs. I need an explanation. They're too smooth, you know? They're like solidified meat pudding inside of rubber. I don't like it. <laughs> so... I just, I was at Wrigley two weekends ago for the first time since I was a kid and had a, my first Chicago dog, and it was kind of life-changing. So I'm having a, I, I don't know if I can sign up for disparaging any kind of hot dog right now. Well, here's the thing. I just came from All-Star where the only food they had for us in the press box was like a trough of Dodger dogs, and people were telling me that the Dodger dogs have been taken over by, like, the Dodgers. It used to be a different company. Yes. And that the Dodger dogs are bad now, and they are. I got, I got to say that I, I tried to eat a Dodger dog, and I did not enjoy it. Yeah, so I, I've, I've... Maybe they used to be better. They, no, they, they have. In fact, uh, I heard about this. Uh, Jason Bateman on his Smartless podcast talked about this, that in this last year and this year, there's a new supplier, and they're bad, and it's like a yeah. big Dodger controversy that maybe like the nation needs to know about to get it fixed. So, okay, well, then in that case, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing, I'm shining an important light on the fact <laughs> that hot dogs are not getting a good representation in Los Angeles right now because people like me who are already hot dog skeptical are showing up to Dodger Stadium willing to try a Dodger dog and leaving disappointed. All right, well, hopefully we can fix this and find some common ground on the hot dog front. Tana, this was fun. Thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.